Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Good morning. My name is Jimmy. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I've been in the program for like almost five years. Um, So what was it like? Um, My eating didn't get bad until I was like 30 and got sober. And I read in the big book where Bill says, you can eat candy to reduce the cravings for alcohol. So I uh, ate candy until I became a diabetic. I was, you know, there were lots of factors in getting to the diabetes. You need an inherited factor and then a stressor. When I got it, I was going to law school at night, working two jobs during the day. I had a baby. Um, I was under a lot of stress. But I know that the weight gain from the candy is what precipitated the whole thing. It's ironic to me that what I was pursuing was oblivion. And what I found instead once I came into recovery is the light of recovery. Uh, It seems impossible to me that you could go out seeking oblivion and find light, but I did. Um, I'm Irish. Uh, I'm one of nine children of my parents. Both of them were addicts and alcoholics. My mom was a Cordon Bleu trained chef. Um, I'm the only kid who came to kindergarten with uh, pressed mushrooms with Bordelais sauce. Um, and so I learned very on, very early on, that I could suppress uh, emotions with sugar. Uh, growing up, I ate a lot of candy. My family situation was quite bleak. Uh, Lots of abuse, lots of alcohol, lots of drugs. Um, And I sought candy as a comfort when I was young. Um, That, you know, there have been periods I surfed for about 10 years. For five years or so, I swam a mile five times a week in the pool. I, I did things that kept off the consequences until my wife of 30 years died of emphysema. And then out came the haagen and the Oreos, and I ate to stuff my feelings. I didn't realize this until 2018. She died in 2011 when I came into OA. And it's like I didn't make the emotional connection between 
I didn't make the connection between emotion and stuffing my face until I came into the program. So what happened? Um, when first I came in, I was, my socks were knocked off that there was a remedy for compulsive food eating. Um, it started, so it's a little messy, I guess. I'm in three programs and the first one I started in 1984. Um, and they all sort of blend together because I worked the steps in all of the programs. So what did I do? I sensed like a moth to the flame that there was something here that I needed. Uh, I got a sponsor. She's still my sponsor today. I send her my food every night religiously. Um, I don't think I've missed a day since we started. I asked for help by reaching out to people via the phone. That's uh, five. Okay, thank you. Um, I do my level best to work this program. Like all of us in AA, they say we are not saints. None of us are paragons of virtue when it comes to food. If we were, I think we wouldn't be here. Um, we all strive together. And that's what I love about recovery is that we all strive together and recovery continues. Wife or no wife, job or no job. It's my responsibility to let God in and let go. Um, I start every day with meditation and prayer. Uh, I do it usually with the dawn. Uh, I have done that every day since 1991. And there have been a couple of days when I missed doing it and I felt discombobulated. So for me, meditation and prayer are bobulating, meaning they restore me to uh, humility. I'm much less important when I sit down in the morning than when I get up. I get up with the sense of being a child of God. Uh, one of the things, I do a Tibetan kind of meditation um, where you do these super slow series of movements. And after each movement, you pause and feel what they call the ambrosia from the movement. Um, I go out onto this beach and um, because fear is such a factor for me, when I was about two years in recovery, I woke up every morning and I felt the hot breath of the panther of fear sitting on my chest. Um, and it's my experience in recovery that once you give a problem a name, it's like if someone walks into the room and you don't know them, you don't pay very much attention to them. If they do, if you do know their name, then 
um, you have to deal with them. And that's what I do is I name my problems so that they can be worked on in order. What's it like now? Well, I was hospitalized for 74 days following a bout of ketoacidosis. I'm an insulin dependent diabetic and DKA is something that happened. My blood sugars went above a thousand years or probably 80 to hundred. Uh, I was taken to the hospital. I slipped into a coma where I was for three and a half weeks. Uh, I had a heart attack while I was in the coma. Um, it was just a goddamn picnic. Uh, so, and then they had to do some sort of radical surgery on me. Uh, and for a long time, nobody knew whether I was going to live or I was going to die. Um, I came back. Uh, I came back. So when I was 17, I was riding a bicycle down a mountain. And a guy on the wrong side of the road hit me. Excuse me. He ripped my left leg off. He ripped most of my face and all the skin off my hands off, and he left me there. Um, following that, I was hospitalized for uh, a year and a half. In those days, they didn't have microsurgery. They just sewed the leg back on and waited and see if it turned green and fall it fell off. But my point in talking about this is God has granted me a certain recovery from dire straits, not once, but many times. I feel that my God is my, uh, is the way. So I'm a little clueless as to cause and effect. Um, before my bicycle accident, I stayed up all night with three other 17-year-olds seeing who could snort the most acid off of the buck knife. And we were drinking a keg of beer. We did drink a keg of beer. Um, That's 10. All right. Thank you. So uh, I go into the hospital and I'm trying to figure out what the problem is. And uh, in studying all of the tea leaves, I decided the problem was that the night before uh, we'd gone out to get opium and uh, hash. And the last place we went was to a hot dog stand in LA called Pink's. And I decided, because I'd been microbiotic for a couple of years, that the nature of the problem was the chili dog. That's just to tell you about how in my, how I can get it wrong. So I am there in the hospital following the coma and all that happy stuff. And I go into rehab. And when I go into rehab, I can't tell the difference between a triangle and a circle and a square. I did my rehab religiously for 60 days, S-T-O-T uh, and P-T. And through doing those exercises, I got about 99.5% of my marbles back, which they thought I was brain dead originally. 
Um, then I find myself in a wheelchair for seven months. And last Saturday, I was able to get out of the wheelchair from doing my physical therapy religiously and stand up on my feet and walk around my house all day long. Uh, I was able to barbecue for friends that came over for dinner. It was just, it felt like a miracle. I had to do my legwork, um, but it felt like a miracle. And to me, sitting here, it still seems miraculous. As to the seventh tradition, um, we have to be self-supporting. And I think that goes very deep for those of us with compulsive food behavior, because in putting our shoulder to the wheel via service, we build a better community, we build a better meeting, and it's uh, rewarding, emotionally rewarding to help other people. Uh, it's this business of help, self-help, which I think dictates doing service. If you're in a place where you're not doing service, you might ask yourself, why not, and give it a whirl. Um, it allows me to be a closer, to the group, not apart from it, but a part of it. Um, that's all I got to say.